This is really about being free to create what you want your life to look like. We each are our own hero. And how do we take the challenges that come our way and see those as the birth process of us becoming heroic? Can you meet that judgment that ultimately will surface with neutrality? This is the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. Aloha, everybody. Thank you for watching the Wall Street Coach Podcast with me, Kim Ann Curtin, trading EQ coach of the Wall Street Coach. I want you to remember to sign up for my trading check-in. It's a tradercheckin.com. That's a free download that'll help you just be sure you are ready to trade every time you sit at your trading desk. If you like this podcast, I'd love to see you subscribe. And even more, if you're game, it would be great to have your review on iTunes, sharing what you think of it. Please enjoy this amazing conversation with Brian Shannon, also known as Alpha Trends on Twitter. It's a really good conversation. Enjoy. Aloha, everybody. Welcome back to the Wall Street Coach Podcast. My name is Kim Ann Curtin. I have a special guest host today, Shane Dorian, and I'm very excited to welcome Brian Shannon, the author of two amazing books, both that I have read, even though I'm not a trader, I've read both of them and I'm able to because Brian does a really great job at not using jargon when he doesn't have to. So thank you for doing that, Brian. Brian, of course, is a stock market analyst and trading professional with over three decades of experience. He developed and applied the little known anchored VWAP theory to his daily trading in the early 2000s. And it's been instrumental in getting the A VWAP tool on dozens of charting platforms. He's taught tens of thousands of traders to become better traders with a highly acclaimed book, Technical Analysis, using multiple time frames. His Twitter channel, Alpha Trends, has over a quarter of a million followers. And his newest book, Maximum Trading Gains with Anchored VWAP, the perfect combination of price, time, and volume, was just published. And it's number one on the investment analysis and strategy book on Amazon and keeps selling out. Welcome, Brian, to my podcast. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for having me on. I was on years ago with you and Tim Bowen. Yep. I had uh, invited you to be on the Steady Trade podcast. That was like, that's probably two and a half, three years ago. Yeah. So, but we got, I got to meet Brian at the Traders for a Cause conference. We got to break bread there together. And he told me I'd invited him then to come on my podcast, but he asked me if I could be patient and wait for your book release. And I'm so glad that you're here now. So thanks for coming. My pleasure, Kim. The reason I have Shane here, besides just being a wonderful person and co-host, is because Shane has the technical experience I don't, Brian, as a trader himself. And we both read your book and we talked about, you know, how we wanted to do this. We are going to do two-part conversation. We're going to go on Twitter space in a few minutes. But Shane had a great idea about perhaps letting you show your charts and walk through some of this AVWAP for the listeners. So if that works for you, Brian, we'll- It certainly does. Let me uh, just pull up my screen to share some charts and- Got it. Confirm you can see that. Yes. Okay. I mean, where do we start with this, right? I guess we could start with the basics, um, unless you have some questions you want to leave me with or- I'm happy to go in any direction. Yeah. 
Well, why don't you do the basics? And then I know Shane has some specific questions for the chart. So why don't sure. you just do the basics first? Okay. So first we're going to look at the NASDAQ 100. And you can see I've got a number of lines on there. I'm going to actually delete a couple of them. This is just yesterday and today. So yesterday, this VWAP begins at the beginning of the day. And today we see the same thing. That's the purple one. That begins at the beginning of the day. When you start a VWAP measurement at the beginning of the day, it's called the VWAP. The volume weighted average price stands for the volume weighted, I just said what it was. When you anchor it to, in other words, start your measurement from any point other than the beginning of the day, for instance, the 1030 morning low, we anchor it there. So it's no longer just the daily VWAP, it's the anchored VWAP. And you can see, I'll just code that you know, in green because that was the low this morning. And for some reason, it's not letting me do that easily. But um, you can see that when, you know, I wouldn't know at that point to anchor it there. It's only over at this point, I would know to anchor it at that, at that low, because we've rallied off it. And I'd say to myself, well, that looks like a significant low. I'm going to set an anchor there. And, you know, so you can say, well, what's the value? The value is, you know, on this pullback, on this pullback, and on this pullback, we bounced almost perfectly from there. And we hung right underneath the daily VWAP. And this is what I call a pinch. And as we broke above it, that gave us a good trade opportunity on the long side up to yesterday's volume weighted average price, which was also resistance this morning. So this is looking at on a very short term time frame, of course. When we look at, let's say, the NASDAQ 100 on a uh, longer time frame, and I'm going to look use the NDX simply because I was on Charles Payne's show on this day and said, we're at the anchored volume weighted average price from the all-time high. And that's where I'm thinking that maybe this rally runs out of a little bit of steam. And now I'm looking for a test of the year-to-date anchored VWAP, which is right there with the 200-day moving average. So what it does, in other words, I just threw a lot at your audience here at once. But what it does is it allows us to give you know, structure to the market based on the three most important pieces, which is price, because only price pays, volume, because it tells us the emotional level of participation, and then time. Where do we start it? From the beginning of the year, from the beginning of the month, from the all-time high. So the anchored volume-weighted average price, again, allows us to, to give structure to the market, and we do that because this is how institutions trade. This is how the largest hedge funds and mutual funds execute their orders over the course of a day, a week, a month, or longer. And that's something I learned actually in my research for the book that uh, Ken Griffin you know, said to Congress a couple of years ago. He said that you know, 35% of our orders, which we're the largest market maker and firm on the planet, 35% of them are based on algorithms, and most of those are around the volume-weighted average price. It could be for a day, a week, a month, or longer. So that's just kind of a real quick overview, and I know I threw a lot at you there really quickly, so why don't we just slow it down here? But before, so Shane, I want you to ask your questions, but just one quick question. And aren't I reading in your book that you tell yourself discovered this anchored VWAP back in 2000s, like by yourself on your own? 
Well, so I was using this platform called Realtick, and Realtick had, you know, like most trading platforms, they'll have a trend line, you know, that you can indicate or that you can draw like this or that, whatever it may be, or you can draw a horizontal one. I noticed they had a setting for their trend line that said VWAP. And I looked at it and go, what the heck is that? So I would draw the line. Let's say if I started at the beginning of the year, it would it would draw it like this. It would draw it horizontal, but it would follow. So the trend line right now would look like this. In other words, the end point was always right here, the last piece, depending on where I started it. So if I started a trend line from here, that trend line would look like this, basically. And I started noticing what, you know, how is that calculated? And, you know, it was, so the, the VWAP itself was invented in 1988. And then in 1992, 1993, Paul Levine, a mathematic whiz guy who, uh, you know, did market studies, he invented the anchored VWAP. And unfortunately, he died maybe four or five years after that. His research kind of went nowhere and I just, you know, found it there and, you know, in my studies, read his work. It made a lot of sense. And as they say, we stand on the shoulders of giants. And uh, Paul Levine, Dr. Paul Levine, was certainly the giant in this. And, you know, I'm kind of just, you know, updating it 27 years later, his work. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's awesome. Shane, you go. Yeah, I have a couple of questions, Brian. First of all, it's fascinating really neat. I've been watching. Um, first of all, Kim sent me your new book and I kind of peeked through it. It's a lot to uh, absorb in a couple of weeks, but I tried my best and I um, I watched a couple of your presentations on the Trader Lion platform, yeah. as well as the um, investing with IBD stuff that you've done recently. Really cool. Um, you know, for me, I'm always been, you know, my thinking is anytime I can get a glimpse into how the institutions are are like buying and holding stocks over time you know that's that's what i am super interested in that's fascinating to me so you know what it's really neat i i guess i guess i have a couple technical questions first of all what charting software do you use for for people who don't who have never used the anchor vwap before you know is there is there a charting software that that you suggest i know a lot of them don't offer the the vwap but i i messed around with it a little bit with uh trading view is that something that you ever use I, you know, the, the one that I prefer because they're the, and this is the, what you see here. This is TC2000. TC2000 at my request put the anchored volume weighted average price on their software so that you can point and click and, you know, anchor a view app here, wherever I point my mouse. So it's super easy to do it. Now, it's not helpful when you do it that way, of course, but they're my preferred one because they're the ones I use in all my videos. And it's just what I'm most comfortable with. Trading Do offers an excellent version of it. I would actually say that they are second because you can do the same thing. Let's say you want to anchor it to this high and you accidentally anchor it there. Well, you can do the same thing here on Trading View as you can here is take it and drag it with oh, your mouse cool. to where you meant to do it. And you can kind of you can right click on them and, and color code them so that you can look at it and say, okay, well, I want to differentiate that one between this paper. And, you know, that sort of thing. So the, the great thing about TradingView as well is that even if you don't subscribe to TradingView, you can go on there and I think create a basic 
free basic account. I'm, I don't even know if you have to create the account. I know I did it on another browser where I'm not logged in. And you can go to tradingview.com, look at their advanced charts. And on the free platform, you can find the anchored volume weighted average price and play around with it. It won't be accurate because you're not getting the full data. But I'm sure, Shane, you probably get the full data package. So you're looking at what I think is the second best. Um, there's also Stock Charts has it. Trend Spider has it. E-Charts has it. There's, there's, there's a number of them that are really, you know, they're falling like dominoes, one after another. They're adding. Yeah, interesting. And then I guess I have a, another couple questions. Um, you know, for I, I can't speak for everybody listening, but I, I tried to ask Kim, you know, what were the time frames that most of her listeners are into? Because I wanted to like relate to you and how you would do it. So like for, for me personally, I'm more of like a swing to kind of intermediate position trader. Yep. Like I'm I'm looking to hold things for like a number of weeks, ideally like a, a few months if possible. So and I do trade a lot around like earnings gaps and stuff like that, but I'm I'm never wanting to buy the high. I want to look for a, a gap on super powerful earnings with massive volume and then it coming into support and see where those levels are. And that's kind of how I would like to see how you use like the VWAP and the anchor VWAP in relation to earnings gaps, I guess. Yeah, so DT is a good example, Dynatrace. These guys reported earnings over here, and that was that gap. So as soon as I see something that changes the sentiment, a big shift in the psychology of the market, I want to anchor from there. So you can see what happened is, first of all, it got above this, pink, this purple line. And you might be looking at going, well, what is that? Well, that's the anchored volume weighted average price from the all-time high. So it rallied up through that, and now it's kind of just you know ping-ponging back and forth. This blue line is the anchored VWAP from that event. So when I look at it on a 15-minute time frame, I was just talking about this for some of my subscribers. Here's the way I see it is we initially got that gap. It got above the volume-weighted average price from that gap, and then the sellers took control. The sellers took control here, here. They defended it. And there's still it's still below that. So sorry to interrupt, Ryan. Did you did you anchor that from the close of the day or from where it gapped up that morning? From that morning, from from the very beginning of the, of trading. Now, if you gotcha. really wanted to be super accurate, you would go back and look at the post market data as well for okay. this software. You know, because it does, as we know, it doesn't just gap there; it right. trades there in the after hours. But by this point that after hours volume is most likely very insignificant, that it's going to be in generally the same area. So even if we anchor one to the close of that day, uh, the prior day, you can see they converge together. As mm -hmm. you get more data, they converge together. So it's not as important, you know, and you can start, so you want to use shorter term timeframes, but as it becomes longer out, well, you can see the value of that from this, daily chart as well that we're stuck below it now. So what I'm looking for in here is I, I'm not long Dynatrace yet, but I'd like to see it rally up to that, maybe get rejected, create a higher low, and then buy it today's Wednesday, maybe Friday or Monday of next week over here with a stop most likely underneath this or whatever is the most recent relevant higher low. So in other words, I want to buy here because at that point, I know with 100% certainty that the average person who bought since this gap is now in a winning position. 
the average short is now losing money at that point. I say that with 100% confidence because it's the actual supply and demand measured from that point. So if the buyers are in control here, as well as in control on this weekly chart where we see this longer term, you know, stage four decline, stage one accumulation, and now we're possibly entering stage two uptrend with a nice surge in volume, lighter volume as it consolidates above the rising 10, 20, 30, 40 week moving average. This is how we can tie those timeframes together so that even if you're an investor and you're buying over here, let's say your worst case stop is underneath this level, and maybe you're going to latch on to a trend that is going to emerge like this you know, over the next uh, several months, and then it finally does this and breaks down and makes a lower low. Yeah, very cool. So a lot of times you'll anchor from the close of the day before and then the first tick as it gaps up in the morning. Generally, just the first tick. The, the close of the day before, not as much. XM is another one that just recently reported earnings. Yeah, um, and, and you you look at this one. You know, look at the uh, you know look at the anchored volume weighted average price off of last year's close. That's one I usually have on my chart. So the 2022 VWAP held his perfect supply. You know, from this month today, you see we're below that from the volume weighted average price from this earnings report. We're kind of now, this is something in my book called a anchored VWAP pinch, where the energy is compressing. And if we can get above and hold above this level, you can see the buyers defending the anchored VWAP from the event. That's what we want to see. Now, if it can get above, I'm looking at it getting above this high, kind of the same type of thing. You know, we just rallied from 1570 to 1630. So maybe it rallies up pulls back, does a little shakeout and gets going in the next couple of days. XM is is one that I want to have a very close eye on because you look at the potential in here for where it can go. You know, we have almost no volume that traded in that area. So it's looking like another possible big stage two uptrend. Mm -hmm. And today's February 22nd, 2023 for those who are listening. So, Brian, I'm just curious. Did, did you have a follow-up question there, Shane? Sorry to interrupt. I have about 100 follow-up questions, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if we have time for all of them. Well, I think I'm just curious because of our going over to Twitter space in a few minutes. For those traders that perhaps are not trading similarly to Shane, let us just come back like big picture for a minute, Brian, and just explain why you even call anchored VWAP the perfect combination of price, time, and volume? Sure. Well, again, only price pays. Um, that's something I always talk about. Volume tells us, you know, what, what's, what's the level of commitment? And then time is really a subjective factor, right? When we consider time, we have our idea. Shane wants to trade from a swing trade to maybe position trade for several months. I'm more of a you know couple days to two to three weeks. Other people might be day traders. Other people be, might be longer-term investors. So that's all subjective. But what the anchored VWAP does is allows us to say, from this point, from the point where the earnings were reported, there is clearly support there. The buyers are you cannot make that up. They are 100% there <clears throat> waiting for that because they're looking to build a big position in this stock. 
and they don't want to chase it and pay too much. But as it comes down to the, you know, the volume weighted average price is known as the price a naive trader could expect to get for that period of time. Mm-hmm. So when it comes down to there, they want to absorb as much of it as they can. So they stick in bids, and then we see that the anchored VWAP becomes support, just like a moving average often will. The difference between a moving average, though, is you know we, we all look at the 50-day the moving average. Not every single one of us, but you know I've done surveys of audiences. 90% of the people who look at charts have a 50-day moving average on their chart. And I ask them, well, why do you do that? Well, because it often acts as support. Okay, but why? What is the magic to 50 days? There's 63 days in a, of tra- trading days in a quarter. Wouldn't that make more sense? Wow. Yeah, that, well, that would make more sense. But mm. the fact is, the collective psychology of the market says, I've been trading the 50-day moving average is important. The mutual fund who knows a little bit about technical analysis is, hey, there it is at the 50-day moving average. You know, let's start to buy some shares back. The hedge fund who shorted it because it was two standard deviations above the 50-day moving average, you know, say we're going to cover at the 50-day moving average. So more demand there, less supply. It turns into a level of support because of the psychology of the crowd. Whereas the anchored VWAP will often show these levels that you can't see. You can't see it as support with a 20-day moving average. You can say, well, it hit the 20-day moving average right there, but what about this time? Or the 10-day moving average. And then it's going to you know, maybe be the 50-day moving average later. But the anchor VWAP says, from that event, from that time, I know with 100% certainty who has control, buyers or sellers. And I know that that was an important event because we had this big gap and this tremendous volume down here that supported it. So subsequent to that, how are the buyers and sellers behaving, and how do we measure that with 100% certainty? It's the anchored VWAP. Is it possible for you to share a link with Kim on how to set your charts up within TC2000 or TradingView or whatever, so you have the intraday charts as well as daily and weekly? Yeah, so you can see here, this is this is something I share, um, Shane, is that on, on top here, I've got all these timeframes. I've got a, a quarterly chart, a monthly, I've got this one I just mess around with, a weekly, daily, 195, 130, 30, 15. I'm happy to share that. If you have TC2000, I can share it right in TC2000 mail, and uh, I just need the username. The usernames are are found up in here. So if you want to share it, actually, I can actually send you the link as well. So I, I will send that to Kim. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. There's a quote that you have in the book. You said, the anchored VWAP broadcasts the message of the market. That is whether sellers or buyers are driving the then current price trend more clearly than any other technical tool I've studied in 30 years being obsessed with the market. Just talk about that. Well, you, you know, I mean, TC2000 doesn't have a lot like, all the ones that other platforms have, but you know, I can I can draw these on there. I can draw the Adams pitchfork. <clears throat> I can look at stochastics and MACD and moon phases and kurtosis, and they've got you know hundreds of indicators. And believe me, I'm not making fun of any of them. I've I've, ex- I've experimented with every single one of them that I can remember. You know, the MACD I used to be you know think early in my career was the magic, and 
you know, it's good to experience and go through those and say, does this make sense? And understand that a lot of those indicators are based on math. There's nothing wrong with applying math to the market, but at the end of the day, it comes down to supply and demand. That's why stocks move. Why was the stock up today? Because there weren't more buyers than sellers. Because for every seller, for every you know sale, there's and for every trip buy, there's a sell that goes along with it. But the buyers are more aggressive. Why are they more aggressive? And what motivated them? And how can we measure supply and demand? From that point, whatever point it is, from the Federal Reserve announcement, from an earnings report, from a FDA report, from the you know the recent high, the recent low, um, as we saw with the NDX, you know the, the high that was made uh, a couple of years ago, you know it, it it perfectly found supply right at that level the last two, two times it touched it. It doesn't mean it's always going to be there, but it certainly is a level that we want to know and we want to look at it and say, how does the market start to behave in this area? What I want to do at that point is I want to drill short down to a shorter term time frame. And that's this high right here and say, OK, maybe it doesn't make sense to buy because the market just ran from you know, 11,200 up to 12,800. Because we're at this potential level where there might be supply, because there has been in the past, and start to clue these pieces of the puzzle together based on what I wrote about in the first book, multiple time frame analysis. How long did it take you to write this book, Maximum Trading Gains with Anchored View Up? I first thought about writing it about six years ago, and, and I, I started an outline. And then, you know, I wrote maybe a chapter and then I put it down and forgot about it for six, nine months. And just it, it's a time consuming process. It was, you know, it, it came when it was supposed to. I, you know, I, I, I tweeted out two, three years ago, hey, I'm going to have it done by the end of this year. And I just couldn't force it. I had to really just, you know, use it more every single day, more intently and really codify my thoughts and write down little notes and, you know, make the structure of the book the way I wanted it. And, and so it's, you know, actual sitting down writing time, who knows, but, uh, you know, the planning and thought that goes into it is a whole lot more than the actual writing. Yeah. It's, it's a complicated process. And especially you have over 140 color charts and technical analysis charts in there. So that, you know, just putting those together, coordinating those. I, I can't even imagine the patience you had to have. That's the easy part. That's the fun part, the charts. <laughs> it's the words that go around it. But They're but just... you're a great writer, Brian. You really are. And, you know, I'm not a trader. And, of course, there's intricacies of things that I still haven't learned, but that I could read both of your books and be able to walk away with understanding at all is just a testament to your ability to, tr you really strive to not use jargon. I can really feel that. And it's infrequently done. So well, well done. Thank you, Kim. And, and this one in particular, you met Leanne and Leanne had a really big hand in making it more readable because she was my main editor in terms of making it, you know, more readable and she she just kept giving me ideas and suggestions and I was That's you know, great. 
That's was, was not always thrilled about, you need to change this and make this clearer. But I knew she was right. And, you know, that's why you can say things like that. She know. shoots straight from the hip. I yeah. got to spend some time with her. Also, I treat us for a cause. I didn't know who she was. My sister was there <laughs> supporting me at that conference. And we just, she was like one of the funniest people I met at the conference. Her dry sense of humor is my cup of tea. So we were howling before I even knew who she was. And then I was like, oh, wow, Brian, this lucky man has this very cool woman by his side. And I've heard you on Joe Fame's uh, Twitter space yesterday talking about how she helped with the editing. So everybody's got to run out and buy this book because you need it. Shane, any last questions before we hop over to Twitter Space? We have like, I don't know, a minute left, give or take. Um, I don't think so. I, I yeah, sure. Uh, I guess Brian, is it, it? It must be interesting to you to see like the traders, sort of like you said, like we we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Like since you since you're writing this book and done done so much work on the on the VWAP and anchored VWAP. Is it, it must be pretty interesting to you to see someone like, say, like an Oliver Kell or some of these really, really talented kind of the next generation of amazing traders using your work to be so successful. It's super humbling. And Oliver's a friend and he, you know, I see him using 65 minute charts and, you know, setting into the anchored BWAP. And it's really cool. I mean, it, you know, this is. I started full time in 1991 doing this. I, you know, if, if you last this long in business, you can't help but, uh, you know, notice some things that work. And, you know, here I am sharing them. And, you know, people like Oliver, who are, you know, just amazing traders, can probably do so much more with this tool than I can. And that thrills me as they, there's, there's something about, you know, when the student exceeds the master, then you know you've succeeded in your, teaching or something like that and all yeah. that type of guy must be very cool yeah just i love how you've gotten it on so many trading platforms that indicator that's that's incredible i mean that is in this industry for so many people for you to have seen this and been able to take it and enroll them in it i mean i just hope you want to stand back and go I'm the man <laughs> because it's pretty special and that, that you saw it and took it and ran with it when just, you know, hundreds of thousands saw it too, but didn't realize what it could do. I think that's pretty extraordinary. Well, thank you, Kim. That's the truth. All right. We have to go over to the Twitter space now, not have to, want to. I'm so excited to have this Twitter space with Brian Shannon, Alpha Trends on Twitter. His Newest book is Maximum Trading Gains with Anchored VWAP, the perfect combination of price, time, and volume. I'm very lucky also to have Shane Dorian here with me today, famous big wave surfer and big wave trader. And we're going to be talking to Brian and hopefully taking some questions from those who are listening. Uh, we have just done part one of a two-part interview with Brian that will release on my podcast, The Wall Street Coach, in approximately a week or two. And then this Twitter space will be the second part edited onto that podcast for you guys to listen as you go. I have an executive coaching practice for traders, investors, and executives, and I'm really looking forward to having you all contribute your questions to this conversation with Brian. So... I am adding you on now, Brian, as a speaker. Hopefully that works. 
and you too, Shane. And let's see if it all came together technologically. I'm here, Kim. Okay, perfect, Brian. Perfect. So, Brian, we just talked for about a half hour with some amazing charts that you walked us through to show, you know, all the traders how you use Anchored VWAP. I want to advocate his book is just amazing, guys. One of the things that I am so envious of, Brian's ability to write without jargon. He's able to really do that successfully. So I highly recommend you get this book. It is up on Amazon now. It does keep selling out. So be sure to put that, you know, click button through today. Brian, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you about, and we just asked you a handful on the podcast portion, but just for the basics, explain the difference between VWAP and Anchored VWAP. Yeah, it's pretty simple, Kim, and thanks for having me on this podcast and doing such a great job as you always do. The volume-weighted average price is something that was come up with in 1988, and it was meant as a measurement, a benchmark for how well an institutional order is executed throughout the course of the day. So what it does is it says it's the average price that the stock traded at during the day, but adjusted for every single share. So it's a cumulative average that starts at the beginning of the day, and it moves in a similar fashion to a moving average in that, you know, you'll see a line overlaid or, you know, under or over the chart, depending on the direction of the of the stock or whatever it is you're looking at. So that's the volume weighted average prices for one day. The only difference is, you know, the A is the anchor part. It's where you decide to start the measurement at any area other than the beginning of the day. So a lot of times it'll be, you know, the two-day volume-weighted average price starting at the beginning of the day yesterday. The year-to-date anchored VWAP, you know, starts the very first trading day of the year and then builds cumulatively from that point. It's not like a typical moving average where old data is replaced with new data. It's all averaged together and weighted by the volume. So we use it from earnings reports, from significant highs and lows. The anchor part is the most subjective part of the analysis. And, you know, what's most important, so there's, you know, several there's a lot of references in the book about, you know, where to anchor and a, a full chapter on that subject as well. Tell us just a little bit about who is this for? Who is Anchored VROP for? Is it just for day traders or is it for investors? Tell us who you see this being utilized by. It's for anyone who wants to improve their timing and therefore their profitability in the market. I mean, it's Warren Buffett uses the anchored volume weighted average price, believe it or not, in his order execution. I've got an example of that in the book. There, So whether you're an investor of the longest time frame or if you're scalping the futures, trading you know, every 30 minutes in the futures market, you can find value by anchoring to the you know various lows and highs throughout the day. I use it personally, mainly for swing trading. I like to be in alignment with the trends of the longer term time frame and then fine tune my timing on the shorter term time frame and say, you know, from that high five or six days ago, where do I know with 100% confidence that the buyers are back in control? And that's when it crosses back above the VWAP from that level. Where do I know that with 100% confidence that the short sellers 
are, you know, feeling nervous. And that's, you know, that's what the anchored VWAP allows us to accurately measure and, you know, plan our trades around. So Shane, we, you had lots of questions that we didn't have time for when we did the Zoom part of the interview. Please hop in now with some of those. Hey, can you guys hear me? Okay. Yep. Yeah, Shane. Yeah, I guess one of my questions, Brian, which is going to be a little bit difficult without charts, but can you kind of explain how you're able to kind of, you know, like tighten up your risk reward parameters and how you manage risk using the Anchor VWAP in your system? Yeah, so, yeah, so you know, the, the Anchored VWAP you can use, you can trail your anchored volume weighted average price underneath the trend and say as long as the stock is above this volume weighted average price from the beginning point where it began to trend, well, then it tells me the buyers are in control. So I want to maintain my position. If it breaks below that, well, then the sellers are gaining the upper hand and it's time to exit. Realistically, though, my way of managing risk, I went on at length about this in the book, and you know, I can't remember how many times I typed it, but my stop for longs is always the same. It's underneath the most recent relevant higher low because that's the definition of trend. So if I can buy that first higher high in a place where it's not extended and then set my stop underneath the most recent low that makes sense for my time frame, now I'm I'm involved in the trade based on the emerging trend. I've bought the higher high. If it breaks back down and violates that higher low, well, my emerging trend, the definition of trend no longer exists, and a trend once established is more likely to continue than reverse. It's telling me that this trend is reversing or breaking, and it's just not time yet, so it's time for me to exit. So then if it's, you know, if the stock, I buy it at 26, it runs up to 27.5, pulls back to 26.75, runs up to 27.80. Well, I'm going to put my stop at 26.70 underneath that most recent higher low and continue that process till the market tells me that the trend is no longer exist, you know, here for this time frame. So time to take your profits and move on. It makes a lot of sense. You're listening to Brian Shannon of Alphatrends.net, which is also something that I wanted to speak to earlier. He's been helping tens of thousands of traders on Alphatrends.net. It's an online community dedicated to market analysis and education for certain traders. Please check it out. Brian has just come out with a new book called Maximum Trading Games with Anchored VWAP, the perfect combination of price, time, and volume. If you're enjoying this conversation, please retweet it out to your followers so that more people can come in and ask questions of Brian. We do have, oh, we did have somebody who had a question raised, but they've since disappeared. So we'll just keep going with our own questions. Shane, did you want to ask another one? I want to give you the floor for a few minutes since I talked a lot in the last part one. Sure. Yeah, Brian, can you kind of walk through, you know, kind of like your screening process? Like if like if you're, you know, you know, sort of like trying to pinpoint, say, a handful of stocks, say you're scanning the market through like 10,000 stocks, and you really want to come up with the very best, say, 20 names that are kind of like, you know, like new and emerging leaders in the current market. How do you do that? And, you know, and sort of what do you look for? 
Yeah. So it, it's all about trend alignment. And I should send you this video I did, uh, Shane, to see what you think about it. I, I, I made trend alignment. And so what I'm looking for is basically a, tra- a stock that's generally in a trend. So the trend is established. And I know we know that trends come in waves and that I want to look at that stock and I don't want to buy it at the crest of the wave. I want to let the wave, you know, settle down. That is, you know, pull back and then start to turn sideways and build momentum before I hop on. And I want to hop on at the onset of that energy so I can ride it as long as possible. So what we want to do is while it's in a short-term pullback mode, that's when I avoid the stock. But when it starts to turn sideways for a day to a day and a half, that's where I anticipate. So I kind of did a little video about surfing that, you know, that's where you're sitting on your board, you're looking behind you and you see the wave. So you're starting to anticipate. And then, you know, it makes that first little higher high. So that's where I participate. That's where you stand up on your board and you're the surfer here. So I'm talking your language. I hope maybe I'm not butchering it. But then you want to ride that wave as long as possible. You don't get that on that wave and say, I'm going to ride it for eight seconds or 23 seconds or my record is this long. What you say is, I'm going to listen to the energy. I'm going to let the mark. I'm going to let the wave. I'm going to let the ocean tell me how long to ride this. As long as I'm in sync with it, I can maximize the ride, maximize my profits, and you know, know when to exit and jump off before the coral over there or whatever it might be. So enough of the surfing things, but what I was trying to do is say that it comes down to trend alignment. So one, I want to see a stock in an established uptrend. And I do that by manually looking through my master list is a little bit over a thousand names. And these are just liquid names that have gotten my interest over the years. I, you know, add and subtract to that list, but I look at that list once a week on the weekends and I drill it, I, I narrow it down to probably about 250, 300 stocks that I look at each day. And I don't look at each of those stocks every day because I think I'm going to trade them all, but because by looking at the components of the market rather than looking at the market itself, I can see where the tide is kind of shifting a little bit earlier. I can, you know, it's like watching the grasses on the bottom of the ocean rather than, you know, just looking at, hey, that other guy's on the wave, maybe I should join him, and then it's too late. So we're trying to anticipate where that next momentum comes in and then participate. So it's it's about a manual process. And again, those so those 300 I look at each day give me a good feel for the market. And I've been doing this, you know, since 1991 full time. So looking at 300 stocks sound might sound intimidating to newer traders, you know, so they might say, well, how do I do that? And and the answer is you don't, not immediately. So instead, you know, focus on the Dow 30 or the the NASDAQ 100 and get familiar with a group of names and start to see how the money rotates in and out and try to be anticipatory rather than always chasing. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. What would you say are the mistakes that traders make with the location of where they set their anchor? Uh, where they set their anchor, I think, you know, they just send them to random places to suit the story that they want it to tell. So, you know, they'll drag the anchor around and go, oh, look, it's right on that that anchored VWAP. And it's not from a point that meant anything. Or some people will sometimes say, 
Brian, I anchored to the point where I entered the stock and it doesn't seem to really be providing me much value. And the reason for that is that's your personal anchor that, you know, that's where you measure your success or failure. You know, you bought the stock at 2832. You're one of only a handful of people that think that price is important because that's where you're anchored. That's where you measure your success or failure from. So we want to measure instead from places that mean a lot to the market, you know, things where we saw a significant high and then the market reversed or a significant low and then the market reversed or from an earnings report that, you know, shock the market, the supply and demand and really look at it from, you know, was there a catalyst? Not, you know, the market doesn't care where I bought the stock or you or any one of us. No one's bigger than the market. So we have to say, what does what are the areas that the market values as important and try to understand the psychology of the market rather than, you know, trying to base it around everything around us because the market doesn't care about us. Yes. And speaking of that, you know, I care so much and work with traders around their emotional intelligence. Do you find that you are able in general or traders who use VWAP or Anchor VWAP, does that allow them to potentially, you know, transcend the needing to navigate the emotions that are inevitable as a trader? Well, you know, I, I think it's a tool that allows you to, you know, use an objective reference point to measure, you know, the stock. And some people are able to use a moving average, a Fibonacci or a volume, an anchored VWAP and base, you know, put rules around it so that they have a strategy where they're less likely to succumb to the emotional, you know, FOMO and instead have, you know, once you develop a system and you're comfortable with it and you know that it's, you know, nothing's right all the time in the market, but I get my odds based on buying a stock as it moves away from this particular VWAP because it's confirmed by the action on a longer time frame. That confidence is is something that it just allows you to look at the market and say, I get this. I'm not in here just throwing darts and playing games and chasing things in the news. So I think that Anchor VWAP is, as the book title says, the perfect combination of price, volume, and time. I don't think it has to be for everyone. I'm not here to convince everyone that's the case. If you find value in Fibonacci or moving averages or some other thing, that's what you ought to stick with. But it definitely gives you an advantage if you understand how to use it correctly, just like any other tool. Are you willing to share how you have dealt with FOMO yourself? Yeah, I've learned to deal with it by losing money like everybody else and realizing, hey, this is stupid. I got to do something different. Why am I buying these breakouts and they're not working? So, you know, a lot of people want to buy a breakout. Well, a breakout a lot of times a breakout has already expended a lot of energy to get to that point. So let's say the stock rallied to 40, pulled back to 35, and on a shorter term time frame, if we use multiple time frames, it might be a good buy at 35.86. And then it breaks out, you know, and then four days later, three days later, it breaks out past 40. Well, the more educated money bought it at 3580 and when i see it breaking out and i see people on twitter getting excited about it 
that's generally when I sell a third of my position because I know that the breakout chasers are late. And I used to be that breakout chaser and I used to buy there and I used to lose money. So I figured now's a good time to lock in partial gains and raise my stop on the balance because if it pulls back from here, I always want to be in a position of strength and know that, you know, I've taken a little bit off in case it fails, then I don't lose on the trade in, entirely, but I can still lock in some gains and, again, always just be in a position of strength as best I can. You guys are listening to Brian Shannon, author of Anchored VWAP, which is up on Amazon now. I highly recommend you get it, never mind his first book, which was Technical Analysis Using Multiple Time Frames. Do you feel for you, Brian, writing both of these books shifted your relationship to these tools? Yeah, to the market, right? I mean, when you say these tools, it shifted my relationship with the market and it gave me a just a much more objective understanding of how the market works and the cyclical flow of money, not just on one time frame, but on multiple time frames and how they come together so that, you know, when there's a super moon, there's a bigger tide. And when the, you know, when, when there's certain conditions that are present that make it more likely my trade is going to be a favorable one, then, you know, position sizing becomes a factor. And it just allows me to step outside of myself and look at the market. And hopefully I'm objectively looking at it and observing, you know, listening to what it says. And if not, if the market doesn't agree with me, then I'm going to have my stop and I'm going to move on and I'm going to take a loss like I have thousands of times before. But I know that when I'm right, my winners are going to far exceed those little losses. If you guys have questions, please raise your hands. I've seen them a couple of times come up, but then those people seem to drop off. So if you guys have questions for Brian, please ask them now and I'll open up your microphone. Brian has been in this industry for over three decades He's also the founder of alphatrends.net, an online community dedicated to market analysis and education for swing traders. Brian lives in Colorado, and I'm just curious how much you kind of dive into the beauty that Colorado is, Brian. Does that, do you have like kind of a certain way of engaging with nature to help you after being in front of screens all day? I do. I so you know that's this is why we do all this stuff. It's not the end to itself. It's the means to the end. And you know, going out backcountry skiing on the weekends or hiking in the springtime and fishing and bike riding and all that good stuff. It's you know you'd, you'd be a fool to not take advantage of it. But I see people who don't. It's just like Shane loves his waves, and you know that's his thing. You got to get out there and have an outlet, a healthy outlet. Everyone needs something, whatever it is, whether it's painting, whether it's being outside, doing a sport activity or whatever your body can handle as you age. I'm learning that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we have to listen to that body of ours. It has a lot to say as we age, I find. <laughs> yeah, a lot more to say as we age. <laughs> a lot more to say for sure. Louder. Uh, so everybody, this is part two of my podcast, the Wall Street Coach podcast. 
please go check it out on YouTube. Subscribe this episode with Shane as my co-host and Brian talking about his book and showing his charts is all going to release in about a week or two. I'd like to talk about emotional intelligence because I'm a coach and I feel that that's such an important part of every trader's journey. And one of the things that I think is so amazing about Brian is his constant, he constantly reiterates this, whether it's talk in his talking or in his books, or even on Twitter spaces, he was on Joe Cammy's yesterday talking about managing risk. So just talk a little bit about what your relationship to risk is and how you feel, you know, even sophisticated traders perhaps could manage it better. You know, it, this is going to sound pretty geeky. There, there was years ago when Chairman Greenspan was talking about, you know, interest rates and doing his congressional speech. He said something that struck a chord with me, which was he said, basically, I'm risk manager for the economy. And, you know, as traders, we're risk managers first and foremost. Everyone thinks, hey, I'm a trader. I got to buy and sell and buy and sell all day and, you know, take big risks and, you know, no risk, no reward type of thing. But it's really about controlling risk. And that be, that comes, it doesn't come naturally to anyone. I don't, no, no one that I've met. To me, when I was younger, I used to take risks that make me cringe right now that I would never do. And some of them worked. A lot of them didn't. So it's it's about experience and understanding and taking those losses and realizing, you know, I think that everyone kind of learns the lessons. We can read the books and we can do, you know, have good intent. But the most important lessons come from actually doing and getting punched in the face and saying, wow, that hurt. How do I stop that from doing that? I'm not going to buy them when they're up 10%. I'm not going to buy the dips while they keep dipping. And, you know, just it's a process that evolves and either you listen to the market and adapt your skill set and evolve, or you close your account and say the market's rigged and move on. In Maximum Trading Gains with Anchor VWAP, Brian talks, gives detailed explanations on EVWAP, anchored VWAP techniques for day traders, swing traders, and investors. He gives you strategies to identify trade ideas, how to enter the trade just as momentum begins, support and resistance levels, how to manage risk and take profits, and also the psychology of your trade setup and risk management, including examples of failed trade setups and how to handle them. Tell us why you put those failed trade setups in the book. Yeah, so I was really, you know, I, when I hear people talk about trade books, they say, oh, yeah, well, of course, that's a book. They're all going to work and nothing works like the book. And I figured, well, let's make it more realistic and say, you know, here's a trade. Look how good it looks set up on this page. And then you turn the page and you see this thing that was a massive loser. And guess what? That's how the market works. You might think this is the best trade idea ever. You can have all kinds of research that backs it up. Your chart tells you this is the, the case, that it's the great idea. But then the market disagrees. Something changes. Someone cha you know, with a lot of shares changes their mind and looks to get out, and you've got to adjust. So you know, I said, here, we're going to show some examples of losers because that's the way the market works is there's losers. But if you have a strategy for handling those losers, 
you're going to realize that it's okay to have losing trades. It's not something to be afraid of. They, you know, people say embrace your losers. I think that goes a little bit too far because I hate every single one of my losers. So I might not be as zen about it as some people. <laughs> but to me, it's, you know, you've got to just listen to the market and say, you know, I hate giving my money back. I, I work hard for my money and I want to make money on all of my trades. And you've got to have that competitive fire in you that says, wait a minute, they're starting to, to gain yards on me. I've got to set down and not allow this to happen. I've got to really dig in and make sure that, and, and that doesn't mean average down. It means I've got to say, you know, enough's enough. I'm out of here. Fight or flight. I'm not going to fight in the market. It's, to me, it's flight all the time. If the market starts telling me something that I don't like about my position, I'm going to listen to the market and not argue with it. You open up the book with this great Margaret Fuller quote that says, if you have knowledge, let others light their candle in it. And I think it's just one of the most beautiful quotes I've heard in a long time. What does it do for you to have your community to impact thousands of traders? I can imagine the inbox you get of people thanking you. What is that like to just know you've had such an impact on so many people and that you do let them light their candle based on what you're yours is, you know, how bright it is. It's really gratifying. I mean, I really enjoy teaching people and seeing them learn. And there's somewhat, I guess, ego gratification when people say, hey, that's great. I've trained, turned my trading around, but I'm, I'm truly happy for the people who, who look at the market and start to understand it and, you know, can benefit from my, you know, three plus decades of knowledge and say, here's what I'm doing and, you know, help people with it. It's, I think it's amazing that I can pass it on. And, you know, just like I learned from books and from the market experience as well, it's, you know, whatever reason, I was given the ability to be a good translator for the market. And that's kind of what I view it to a degree is that, you know, the market speaks and I can look at the chart and translate it into English for people. How important do you think having traders, having a community, how important is that to the success of a trader? I think it's a double-edged sword. I mean, it really, I struggle with this because I am supremely independent in what I do in the market. I never watch financial news, ever. I seldom look at Twitter during the trading day. I mean, I look at, you know, comments to me and that sort of thing, but I don't go there looking for ideas. And I, I've had to do that because... I've found that I'm easily influenced by the news if I listen to it because I'll be bored and I'll sit there and say, oh, well, that sounds like an interesting idea. I'll give it a shot. And, you know, that never helped me make money. So I had to cut that out. And, you know, people will try to on Twitter engage me and say, well, Brian, you might like that stock, but here's what I'm looking at. I don't think you're right. And my true opinion is always I'm sure that person is well intended, but I really don't care. I don't care about one single person's opinion of this stock. I'm interested in what the market tells me. And I have my plan. And this is a plan that comes from decades of experience. And I'm not going to let someone throw me off my plan because of their opinion. I don't know who this person is. I'm, again, they're probably well-intended. But I want to listen to the community, excuse me, the collective message of the market and price action. If I'm wrong, I'll know it because I get stopped out at my predetermined level. 
I'm not going to be wrong because an analyst said this or some news story came out. That to me is noise and I have to eliminate that. So for me personally, chat rooms and all that, they are a major distraction. Other people, you know, and I think I'm kind of an exception in this case because I, I know a lot of people really enjoy their discord rooms, their chat rooms, and they like being on Twitter all day, you know, you know, having teams going back and forth and saying, let's look at this idea. So it, it like everything in the market, it all comes down to the individual. Yep, it's awesome. I, lo- I love your perspective on it. And I suspect there are going to be those who are truly nourished exactly like you are and others who might be nourished in other ways. But it's great that you, I think what's beautiful is that you've done enough years in the market to know what works for you. And that, to me, seems to be probably the most critical piece for any trader. Find out what really works for you and what doesn't cut loose and jettison off from yourself. And, and, you know, Kim, I don't say this in a bragging way or anything at all. It's, It's taken me a long time to, you know, know what my true style is and to be able to have confidence in my market decisions. It didn't come easily. So I understand that, you know, newer traders, they want to kind of have their hand held and be told what to do. But as soon as you can break away from that desire to be told what to do and instead just start to learn and figure it out for yourself and, you know, have mentors and look at other people's strategies and use, you know, use pieces of that. Maybe use the anchored VWAP once in a while. Maybe that's your full trading style. It doesn't matter to me. It's a tool that you can integrate to help you become better at what you do and understand the market better so that your relationship is stronger and you can, you know, deal with it on your terms and be comfortable with your decisions rather than always second guessing everything you're doing or chasing things and, you know, making all the mistakes that take time to to figure out. It makes so much sense. We had to say goodbye to Shane because he is coaching big rape surfers on the North Shore and took a little moment out to be here with you, Brian. Our, we oh, are cool. going a little bit over. Is that okay for you to stay a little longer? Because I want to make sure there's any other questions in here. You okay? Yeah, to stay sure. That's longer? fine. Okay, yeah. awesome. Again, this is a two-part conversation with Brian Shannon. He just did a 30-minute conversation with me and Shane Dorian and showed us some charts where we talked about Anchored VWAP. I really want to strongly encourage all of you to consider buying his book. You guys have likely already read his first book, which quite a number of years ago, Technical Analysis Using Multiple Time Frames. When did that book first come out, Brian? 2008. Wow. So his second book, Anchored VWAP, Maximum Trading Games with Anchored VWAP, is available now, but it does keep selling out on Amazon, so you better go get it right away, everybody. One of the great parts of your book is you talk about your book being sheet music, and you speak about that famous Jimi Hendrix performance at Woodstock and how he just took that star-spangled banner and did his own interpretation of it. That's what you're advocating people do with your book. Talk about this book being sheet music for other traders and investors. 
Yeah, well, it's like we just said. I mean, every musician is going to, you know, look at a piece of music and maybe try to mimic the person who wrote it and do it exactly like that, you know, person conducted it, you know, composed it. But a true artist will look at it and say, hey, I want to add my little flair to it. I want to do it this way a little bit. I want to do it in this beat or whatever it is. I'm not a musician, but I, you know, I, I just imagine that Francis Scott Key would be rolling in his grave listening to Jimi Hendrix and all of his distortions. But it's become one of the most famous renditions of the Star Spangled Banner, at least in my world, because I don't go to the opera. Maybe they have a more famous version there. <laughs> it's a pretty fabulous, it's a pretty fabulous piece. And also, because you mentioned it in your book, I did go down the Jimi Hendrix rabbit hole and was just blown away by his time spent in the military and how he actually was pro the war, at least at the beginning stages of it because of what he saw with communism there. And it was just, I think the I rewatched his performance and really got, wow, here's this man with all of these many different perspectives being poured into that rendition. And that's what every trader, I think, has, right? They all have their own experiences they've gone through their own emotional ups and downs with being a trader and that you talk about to it in the book you talk about how you have to realize that you're coming with a lens and is that lens impacting you or perhaps blinding you from things that you know you need to see that are hard to see yeah, it's it's a personal journey and there's guidelines and there's principles and we, you know, base our own analysis around that, but no one person should try to trade like me or like Mark Minervini or Oliver Kell or, you know, any other name that you see on Twitter, no one should try to be that person. Instead, they should say, you know, that person takes too much risk. That person doesn't take enough risk. I want to be somewhere in between. I don't like stocks priced under $50 per share. And that guy made all of his money on, you know, penny stocks. But the way he looks at penny stocks with this tool makes sense. I want to apply that to my $50 and over stocks. So your personal approach should be an amalgamation of a lot of different things that you've exposed yourself to. And, you know, the key again is as a newer participant, it's tough to make it through all 300 plus technical oscillators and indicators and say, which one is the holy grail? Because it's none of them is the answer. But what ones give you a perceived edge in the market and allow you to control risk so that you're not just gambling and taking shots and YOLOing into this option or whatever it is and creating dangerous habits? I think... Perhaps just having coached traders for 15 years, I think part of what I see is that a trader will be more likely to try to imitate or mimic somebody, you know, spe very specifically because they aren't secure in their own strategy or their own kind of sense of self, their, even their identity, okay? And that's part of what I always see this as. I feel like the markets is the best school of enlightenment that exists because it's going to force you consistently to be what the parts of yourself you haven't perhaps faced before. Have you just found that in your own journey? I mean, 30 years, Brian, it's a long time. What have you just seen 
happen to yourself, just your own self-awareness and consciousness having, you know, served these 30 years? Yeah, I, I mean, I think everyone becomes a little bit more introspective. You have to face your demons and say, is my ego getting in the way here? Am I stubbornly, you know, holding on to my opinion of the stock? Well, the stock is telling me, no, you're wrong. Get out. Don't be dumb. Don't buy more. You know, there, one of those quotes in the book that I believe I put in there is, you know, if you don't know who you are, the market's an expensive place to learn because it, and the reason for that is it's going to expose your weaknesses and insecurities and you're going to be doing, you know, if you're emotionally, you know, reactive instead of proactive, you're going to be that FOMO buyer who buys right at the top of every move and who buys on the news headline of that great news but the stock had rallied seven days prior to that great news, and you're confused why the stock sells off hard on the day that this great news came out. It comes with, you know, what am I doing wrong? What is it about me and my relationship with the market? You talked about an analogy that I love. It's not an analogy. Instead of FOMO, you said, why don't traders start to practice JOMO? Tell everybody what JOMO means. <laughs> The joy of missing out. And, you know, the, of course, there's always that fear that we hear about, the fear of missing out. Oh, that stock's going to the moon. I got to get involved. The news just came out this morning, just like we were talking about. And then they buy right at the peak before it declines. Rather than looking at it objectively and saying, wait a minute, this stock is up 7%. I'm sorry, seven days and 18% in the last, you know, whatever days. Now there's good news coming out. How would the participants who are anticipating this news, how are they going to use this information? Well, they're going to use it in a way that says the old phrase, sell when you can, not when you have to. So you get this big volume, this big euphoria from amateurish people chasing it higher. And the big fund manager who is anticipating this announcement uh, or that earnings will be good and they were buying it days in advance of this. Well, now they see this big liquidity and the stock's eight, up 18% in seven days. They say, let's take some off the table. Let's sell half of our position. And that supply overwhelms the market and the stock starts to drop. And, you know, the people call them the bag holders, the people who, you know, just don't, it's not, it doesn't have to be mean to say, hey, you're a bag holder. Why are you a bag holder? Because you didn't anticipate. You were reactive. So figure out how you, re, you know, your relationship with the market and with price action and learn how to understand the mechanics of how the market actually works, market structure, and use that to your advantage so you have a plan based on what the market's saying rather than what you think. You have two amazing quotes that I feel probably every trader should put on a post-it. You have, don't buy the dip, buy the strength after the dip. Don't short the rip, short weakness after the rip. Talk more about that. Well, I mean, 2022 was the perfect example of don't buy the dip. You know, people thought, hey, this is a dip. And, you know, it kept dipping and it's kept going down, then it became a downtrend. And then it's, you know, these stocks crashed 70, 80, 90% off their highs, these former high flyers. And people were wondering like, well, 
buy the dip. Everyone said buy the dip. I bought it. And now I'm left holding the bag because they were buying weakness. There's no reason for a retail trader or even most institutions to, you know, except for the largest money out there, there's no reason to buy the dip. Let other people do the dirty work of creating the support. You know, we want to be users in the market. We want to use it for our goals, which is to make more money. We're not there to provide a service of, you know, people justify, hey, I'm a trader. I provide liquidity. I'm not here to provide liquidity for anyone. I'm ready to take liquidity when I think something's ready to move quickly. I want to buy on the offer as much as I can and take that stock that people are selling before they realize they shouldn't be selling it because the momentum is moving higher. Wait for the selling to settle down. Wait for it to turn sideways a little bit. And then if the stock begins to move higher, then buy that strength as it emerges and be sure to set your stop first and foremost, because if it reverses back, you don't want to be there for the next wave of selling that might send it down another 15%, the next leg lower in a bear market. So it's about anticipation rather than reacting all the time. Beautifully said. All right, we're going to close up. I'm not seeing any questions come in. I think everybody here is probably just wanting to absorb all the wisdom and true like street smarts. Like you've got the street smarts, Brian, 30 years of street smarts. You talked in chapter two, a part two, chapter one in the new book, Anchored VWAP. You say, do not confuse simple with ineffective. I love you to just close on that note because I think it's that's a powerful phrase, not just for the market, but for life. Yeah, I mean, the market is just about supply and demand. I mean, people always don't know why was the market up? Why was the market down? What was the news? What's going on? A lot of times we just don't know why. And we have to accept that it's one of life's unknowns a lot of times, or we might find out the answer later, but we have to accept what we see in front of us rather than try to intellectualize every move in the market. If you get stuck in intellectualizing rather than listening to the market will always win. Yep. I think, you know, part of the entire book, both of your books are truly about people learning you're trying to teach people how to look with those rules and or that strat those strategies all of those strategies so that you don't have that understandable human tendency to start to intellectualize or guess or think you can you know predict what's going to happen that's what all of these rules ultimately are saying to me it's like Get clear on how you're going to look at that market, what lens you're going to use, because you can't look through all of the lenses. So you have to find the ones that are going to make it 2020 for you. Yep. Find your own way of doing it and, you know, mimic ad from pieces from here and there and create your own style. It might be very similar to somebody else's approach, but you've got to, you know, understand you've got to believe it. And that comes from a deep understanding of market structure and how the markets move and that it's about supply and demand and what motivates other participants at different times and what those areas are, those key levels of interest, like anchor VWAC levels that often just nail the higher or low of a move. It looks like we do have a question here, T-Rex. I'm going to add 
you as the speaker now. I'm just seeing you put the request and I hope that wasn't there earlier and I missed it. So please feel free to ask Brian your question. Perfect. I've been following Brian for many years and watched all of his stuff on YouTube and Twitter. And I just wanted to kind of throw out there, I've got the book and it's amazing. Like, I think the title doesn't do it justice because I know it's all about anchored you up, but there's so much value in there on sport and resistance and just trends in general. that I think anybody listening to this just really should just jump into it and get the book. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's, awesome. it's, it's amazing stuff. I've been in the market for seven years now myself, and I'm constantly learning from a guy like you that's been in it for 30, so I appreciate the information. Well, fantastic. I'm, I'm glad it helps, and be sure to write that review on Amazon. It will help other people realize. Absolutely, yeah, that's and right. in our own community that's as right. well, so I appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Tarek. Thanks, guys. Tarek. It's Mike, but yeah. Oh, everybody knows okay. me as T-Rex T- on Twitter. And- oh, T-Rex. <laughs> gotcha. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you. So Thanks, much. Mike. Appreciate you coming You're on. Welcome. All right. It looks like we don't have any other questions right now. So what I'm going to do is bring it to a close, even though I still wish we could talk to you. Brian, thank you for all the generosity you gave to this conversation today, to all the contribution you've been to traders for a very long time you're an incredibly smart man but an incredibly humble and generous and kind man so you've got a whole trifecta going on there so it's really great to have done this with you today thank you very much kim it's been my pleasure being on and keep doing what you're doing as well because you add a lot of value to the trading community as well Well, thank you. Appreciate you saying that. All right, guys, keep an eye out. In a week or two, we'll have the full podcast. First part was Brian with some charts on a video Zoom call, and then this will be edited onto the second part. So hope you guys are well. The Wall Street Coach is my podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Please go check out Brian's book, Maximum Trading Games with Anchored View Up, and we'll see you on the next Twitter space. Aloha for now. This has been the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. You can find out more about her and her team online at thewallstreetcoach.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you for listening.